Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mean O'Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. I want them to think like, wow, this is what I should be using, you know? I want you to understand that this standard that we're setting, even the way we communicate with you, it's not just because we think it's like, it's nice for you to have. It's because we know that this is what you deserve. And um, we continue to meet that bar every time. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest, Ezene Iroanya, founder and CEO of Skin Muse. But before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and your ratings and reviews mean so much to us. Make sure you subscribe. All right, everyone. Ezene is the founder and CEO of Skin Muse, a premium beauty brand dedicated to elevating the beauty experience for the modern Black woman. Originally coming to the United States to pursue a degree in petroleum engineering as a teen, getting here and shifting courses, she started Skin Muse a year ahead of the pandemic and with a small part-time staff has been able to strategically shift ever since. Her desire to imprint Black female representation in the beauty industry stems from her countless hourly contributions to it for over a decade. Skin Muse has been featured in or won awards from Elle, BET, Crown Magazine, and was named by Beyonce as a brand to watch. Ezene, welcome to Business of the Beat. I am so happy to have you on the show today. We were introduced by, oh my gosh, one of my closest friends for going on 22 years, Davida Smith. So this is a true treat. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love your podcast. I'd say it's where intersection of like actual business and beauty meet, um, uh, which is hard to find. So I'm very much excited to be here. And um, I can't wait to get started. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you. What We were going back and forth. My executive producer, Ken Johnson, who owns the network, we went back and forth like on all these names trying to figure out because it was like it's a play on beat, like beat your face beauty yeah. and business because my lens is, is business. So I appreciate you, Ken. We're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to brag on you a bit because you are just amazing and you are a true, like you're a success story on so many levels, but to start a business in November of 2019 
to go through what we went through and come out on the other side. So I just first want to big you up with some of your wins. So I'm going to read these off. They're great. Smile. You deserve it. So increase your B2B revenue by 60%, bringing you closer to your six-figure goal. You increase customer retention rate by 26%, which is amazing. And we're going to talk about how you treat your customers because it's fantastic. And get this, increased revenue by 181%. And this is for someone who has been bootstrapping their company. You raised over 85000 in equity-free grants. Congratulations. Glossier, I saw. Rebellious PR, Digital Undivided, All My People. And you received three investment offers. So that is quite a feat with everything that's happening. So tell us everything, like Nigeria, how you got here, and how you had all of these amazing wins. First off, I think to hear somebody read that off to me just gives me a feeling of, yes, you can take a nap (laughs) today. I don't know. I just got very emotional. Um, So thank you for that. That was very affirming, even though (laughs) I should know, you know, that's that's what I know. But it's it's nice to hear that back. So my name is Izane Irania, and that literally means good mother and center of the eye. So that kind of gives you like a backstory about my personality. My mom was very intentional when she birthed me. Um, When I was growing up, I was born and raised in Nigeria. I actually lived there till I was 16 years old. And my mom owned a beauty salon. So I was that little girl running around the salon every weekend and after school. I would be in there and every weekend, my Auntie Bala would braid my hair. It was like a ritual for us. So my first introduction to self-care and self-prioritization was beauty. I learned how to take care of my mental through beauty. Um, It was always a safe space. Uh, So I grew up and then I decided I graduated high school at 15. I got into college at 16 and I got into college in America. So I moved to this country by myself. Very scary times when I think about it now. Um, Left home and then came here. Luckily for me, my mom is very well-traveled. She used to make us pick a place in the world every summer that we could visit for a short time. So I was a little bit, it wasn't too much of a culture shock, but it was still away from home. Um, I also grew up with a mother who every weekend she would make sure either we got our nails done or, you know, I got my hair braided or we would spend the weekend at a hotel resting. So the art of taking care of oneself was almost embedded in me. I grew up seeing women like myself being prioritized, um, deservingly so. I moved to America. My point of entry into this country was Texas. And two weeks later, I was in Oklahoma for college. So I come from a place where Black women are being prioritized. I'm running around the beauty salon. Um, I get my hair braided on the drop of a hat. And I'm in Oklahoma and I cannot find any of that. Um, I can't find a hair braider consistently. I The things that I'm used to when I walk into a hair salon, what people are supposed to deal with my hair. I'm, I, I remember walking into a Supercuts and they were all like, whoa. <laughs> and, I, you know, there was, there was this disconnect <laughs> about what I was used to. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. So naturally, so I start telling my mom and my grandma what to ship me down. You know, I, I need this. I need that. I need this. They start importing everything that I need. And but my love for beauty was still there. So at 18, I got my first work permit from the government. 
totally excited. I remember taking that little card going to Dillard's because I was determined to get a job in the beauty department. And I told myself, like, God, please make sure I cannot fold clothes. I need to get my my job in the beauty department or I can't work in retail. I come in and lo and behold, before I could even ask, they give me a job behind the counter as a perfume girl. So my love for like, you know, scents and notes and fragrances really grew behind there. After that, I got a job at Longcomb. There was this beautiful black woman. There were very few of us working in the beauty department at that time. I think there were only about four black women um, in the whole department store. But a black woman was the manager of Longcomb and she recognized in me my love for customer service and my love for education. And she said, hey, would you like to come on board and become a makeup artist at Longcomb? And I said, yes. And while I was in college, I actually became a national freelance artist for Longcomb, which means I would travel with them and then do makeup and, you know, have two weeks of just like hotels and and beautiful experiences. Um, I did that and I graduated and I kept that job. While I was there, Uh, One of the people at Dior saw me and they said, hey, would you like to come on board Dior as a business manager? As you can imagine, I took the opportunity and I ran with it and I would go to each counter educating the girls at the counter um, how to specifically take care of black skin. Um, with makeup wise and skincare because it was a repetitive um, pattern I used to notice of there was only one girl who was dedicated to the black customers and after a while you can't be too dependent everyone should know how to take care of all types of skincare in this industry yes so that was kind of like my thing I would go and make sure that everyone was equipped to take care of every skincare Um, fast forward to 2019 I've been working by this time in the industry for over a decade and where the spark literally came I always knew I wanted my own thing, but you know how you need to have that spark before you really jump. I was traveling. That aha moment. I used to travel a lot for, for work. And I was traveling and I had my tub of buddy butter that, you know, I had mixed in my kitchen. I always mix it. You know, I have the ingredients that my mom is sending me. I'm doing my own formulation. And I have my tub. And I remember having this anxiety in my gut and in my chest of, Ooh, I didn't label the tab this time. I hope the TSA agent doesn't throw it away because they might not know the ounces. And lo and behold, he throws it away. I'm sitting on the plane, very irritated because at this point I know that I'm about to go into this beautiful French boutique hotel, but the lotion is not going to be good enough for my body. I am about to walk into a Dior boutique, but the lotion is not going to be good enough for my body. And it hits me. How can I have dedicated over a decade to this industry and something as simple as a moisturizer or a buddy butter I cannot find in these spaces? I can find them when I go into Crenshaw. I can find them when I go into Inglewood, but I cannot find them when I'm in the luxury space that I'm working in. Something has to change. If I'm feeling this way, with this inconvenience, other women like myself were feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember quitting my job and just kind of getting to work. <laughs> and uh, that was like, that was basically it. And I said, I started Skin Muse and we are a premium beauty brand for the modern Black woman with an emphasis of using authentic uh, beauty practices of women in West Africa to create an experience that elevates the beauty experience for women here. 
we want to have authentic replication when you walk into a Nordstrom or a Bloomingdale's or anywhere um, that you might not find familiarity. We want to remind you and provide what you're already used to at home, but with convenience where you don't have to, you know, have that gut feeling when you go to TSA. You don't have to go to 10,000 <laughs> places before you find your entire beauty skincare routine. You should be able to have everything at a one-stop shop um, available to you the way it you deserve. Wow. I am just, oh, I love it. I mean, there's so many pieces here and so much of it is the inspiration, the mentorship, the grit that you have, the ability to say, this is what I need. Everyone else needs it. I love the story of your mom. I'm from Texas. Um, so I love the story of Texas to Oklahoma and your mom. And, you know, I think the hard part is that now we're having so many conversations about self-care and understanding your mental well-being. And what I love is that that was just part of your world. That's That was part of how you grew up. It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't something that you had to schedule time for self-care and talk about that. Cause I, I think so many people and, you know, it used to be just women, so many men, like people are trying to find this balance of I'm passionate about this. I have my work and my family, but how do I figure out my own self-care? And because yours was so natural, what can you share about how to find and discover your own self-care needs and then to make sure that you have time for them? First of all, shout out to my mom. You know what's very interesting? I actually never realized what she was doing till I started this business. Um, it didn't hit me that this was already imbibed in my in my in my lifestyle um, till I started Skin Muse. I think that actually one of the social impacts that we do at Skin Muse is we provide free therapy sessions for um, Black children, and I think that it's an mm-hmm. To a certain degree, it's something you have to start as young as possible. You have to start these practices. You have to start teaching um, younger ones how to take care of their mental. The same way we put an emphasis on health in the physical form, like, oh, you want to work out? You should eat good. It's the same way we should put an emphasis on mental health as a priority. So I think it's an essence of the same way you would prioritize you um, working out or eating good or getting your work done to have an income is the same way you should look at your mental health. A lot of times people sacrifice that aspect of their health because they don't see the importance of it. But in reality, in order for your entire body and being to be in alignment and at its peak, your mental health has to be in tip-top shape. So when you think about it like that, how can I be my best if my mental health isn't top-notch? You are doing a detriment to yourself. So when you have that mentality towards it, you start prioritizing. You start having self-care. And self-care can be more than just beauty. You know, my introduction to self-care was through beauty, so that's what I love. Self-care could be meditation. Self-care could be yoga, spending time with yourself. Self-care could be a day where you do nothing but just sit in bed, take naps, and eat chocolate. Self-care can be hanging out with your family. Self-care ultimately is something that feeds your soul and your mind. Oh my gosh. I'm, oh, I'm, it's just like speaking to me, I'm getting chills because it really is. I think sometimes we overthink it and it has to be this long drawn out thing. And you're like, sometimes it's just turning off. 
and sitting down and being with yourself and finding a moment to breathe or even just watching TV can be a moment to have self-care. And I love that. And I love that you're doing the therapy sessions. And I think, you know, so many brands are trying to figure out who am I? Who do I serve beyond the founder? Because sometimes we get so caught up in the founder and the vision that we lose sight of the consumer. And so you've been able to go beyond yourself. You've been able to do the therapy sessions and you have your skin zine, which is gorgeous. And you have your two year anniversary. So talk about how, you know, you used your experience, but you truly evolved the brand to focus on the kids, to focus on the consumer, to create content that really speaks to everyone. How did you kind of evolve the brand into such a content-driven, consumer-oriented, give-back brand? I believe it has to do with my experience. I think my love for customer service, for the consumer, honestly came from working in the industry for so long. I got to do a lot of front-facing Things. You know, I got to sit down with a plethora of women and people from around the world and really dig deep with them. I remember when I would do a consultation at the counter, I would ask them this question. Tell me three things you love about your skin and tell me three things you could improve about your skin. And that really gave me insight into how people have relationships with themselves. So my love for customers has always been there. I think that People, when they start businesses, get so concerned about the goal that they forget to feed the lifeline of the business. And I've always kept that focus. Another thing that brought us here is community is extremely important to me. I grew up with a community of women pouring into me and it's just in my DNA. I don't believe that you can succeed in this world doing it by yourself. I think it's impossible. So when I started this brand, it was really important that we don't look at ourselves as too small to make an impact. Rather, is how can we use our resources to consistently give back to the people who are keeping us alive? So it was a no-brainer. Um, but I specifically picked mental health because I know that in beauty, it doesn't matter what you put on your skin. It doesn't matter how much makeup you use. If you are not there mentally, you cannot. It doesn't matter. So we thought about it and we thought, well, who needs it the most? And we thought about the children in our community who have other things that are to deal with that normal children don't have to deal with. And that's the truth. The average Black child is suffering from racism, is suffering from um, situations that you would not find in the white community. And unfortunately, we are too busy to prioritize mental health for them. So how can we make that more accessible? We subsidize therapy sessions for children. Um, another thing that with the skin zine, we, we, we try to highlight a lot of companies, specifically Black-owned minority companies. And we do this because I know that skin muse will not be here without community. Our first shelf space, for instance, was given to us by a Black woman for free in her beauty bar in Inglewood. Our first um, equity-free grant was written by the LA Black Investors Club, which is now called Sunder Impact. Um, they gave us our first check, which helped us launch our body oil, which is now one of like the best products. <laughs> you know? So when you think about it, um, Skin Muse is a business that is run by a small team, but a plethora of volunteers in the community. 
when I when I send out a call for help, someone always catches it. Uh, um, and that's because they believe in us. So when you see that and you've, you've already felt the direct effect of building with community, it's, I believe that as far as five years from now, 10 years from now, it's only going to get better. Our core believes in us so much because we ride for them so much. Um, we stand very boldly on who we represent. And because of that, they're, they will continue to feed us. So, yes. <laughs> wow. The community piece is essential. And we've been having so many conversations about community over collaboration. And it's interesting because there can be so many white founded brands sitting next to each other. The conglomerates can own 20 of the same thing. But when we start to talk about black founded brands, it becomes this notion of there's only room for 15% or there's only room for this and people are competing. And it doesn't need to be that way. And I, you know, for me, I built my company. My company is called Brain Trust because I firmly believe that I only want to work with smart people that I trust to get it done. I don't want to be by myself. And I think that's why I'm so drawn to you because you use the community well. And what I appreciate about you is you said that you ask for help. And so many founders, when I talk to them, it, they, they are not asking for help. I've been a victim of that. I'm like, I can get it done. And you so proudly and boldly said, like, when I ask for help, you know, my my community rally behind rallies behind me. And it's fascinating because I'm just I love it. Like you you graduate at 15, you get into college, you move by yourself, you create this amazing brand and then you're asking for help. So talk about what help looks like for you from an evolution of the brand perspective and what are you thinking in terms of expansion? I know you're in about five to seven markets. You're in multiple retailers. Um, you talk about bootstrapping. But where does help come in when you think about evolution from capital, retail, and products? Well, I think first, when it comes to my relationship with help, I always ask for help because I know I'm worthy of help. A lot of people don't realize that you are worthy for people to come in and step in and pick up where you might fall short. So I, my relationship with help is I'm worthy of my friends doing this for me. I'm a great person. I help people too. So of course, you know, to much whom is given, much is expected, I will tap in. And I, I tell people when they say, hey, you know, hit me up if you need anything. I'm like, don't tell me that if you don't mean it. Don't tell me that if you don't mean it because I will hit you up. I always tell people like, don't say that because trust me, I'll, I'll, I'll come collecting. I'm the bunk. I'm the help collector. Um, <laughs> that's, that's my, that's my relationship with help. I, that's how I get comfortable with it. I know I was like, I, isn't it? I'm worthy of help. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. I will tap in. Oh, that's my, I love it. You think about it that way. For the, the help in, in the long term what we need, we have come to this beautiful sweet spot in our sophomore year of um, the demand is growing and how can we, you know, deliver that. Our long-term vision is actually to become a luxury conglomerate. We want to be a black LVMH. What that means is when you think about anything that has to do with luxury, naturally it's being fed off from our community. You see it in the fashion industry. You see it in the beauty industry. We even, yeah, all over. We want to be an authentic replication of what it means to be a luxury company run by people of color. 
from all facets of life. And that's what we're building. We want to be that in five years. And what does help look like for us? So far, we've been bootstrapped, which is a blessing in this, uh, but also has its constraints because when you bootstrap, you have to be really smart with your money. We have become very resourceful to make very intentional and calculated risks we need some capital. <laughs> and that is honestly, <laughs> we need some capital. Um, we need capital that comes from people that understand what we're building. And that's where it, the sweet spot comes from. Cause we don't want to just take money from anyone. We want to take pe- money from people who understand what it means to come into a partnership with us and roll their sleeves up and see the community grow without watering down our message and our intention. So we're going to do some of some some raising of capital at some point. We're going to open it up and we're going to take in some checks. Um, we have a beautiful relationship with about 12 wholesalers right now. We are also help in that aspect looks about opening up a bigger space. It's very important for us for us to scale as much in-house as possible. And I know a lot of people think that's crazy. I hear it all the time. This is crazy. You know, third party, you know, third party. And we understand that to a certain degree, but 80% of our resources right now come from small businesses. And that's something that is very important to me. How can we sustain this pipeline without sabotaging the people that got us here? So expansion for us also means expansion for our community. Someone once called me, I love this comment. Someone once called me Issa Ray of Beauty, and I really take that to heart. <laughs> I'm like, if you see yeah. how she's skilled, she's skilled with community. She's skilled with the people with her. So that's what help in the long run looks for us is as you come on board, as you come in to help us, please respect these, you know, pillars that we we built um, as a unit. Yes. I hope that answered that question. <laughs> That answered it beautifully because, you know, we have listeners on here who can help. Um, We are having discussions about our Brain Trust Founders Studio, which we launched, that is set up to do just this in terms of providing help with scale, with access to capital, to resources, to all of the different variables that Mm -hmm. brands need. So I'm excited for you to be part of that. And I'm excited because you articulate it so well. So many founders come and say, I need capital. I need an investment. But when it comes down to what is it used for? What's the business plan? What type of capital do you need? How are you going to use it? You know, it's hard Mm -hmm. to articulate it because you're so in the day to day, but you articulate it so well. And I think it's about manifesting the intentionality of what we want to do so that as we are plotting the seeds to get there, knowing that it's going to be a journey, we know what we're striving for. And I like that because you say from an investor perspective, you know, so, so many times it is, I see the dollar signs, I want to do it, but is that investor really right for your brand and your mission? And it's like a marriage, you're in it. And so understanding that it's okay to say no to get to the yes is super important. And because you have so much intention, I do want to talk about the intentionality, not just in the evolution of the brand, but even where you are now with the products. Your content is beautiful. Your site is beautiful. The packaging is beautiful. And your bestseller is amazing. And I love that your body butter comes with the golden spoon. You have the large candles. They have the free matchbox. You're eco-friendly. You have a refill policy. You're just doing all the things, all the things. So talk about this 
premium prestige experience that you share with your consumers and as as you as you put together the, the packaging and the products and the goodies that come with it. So I would love to take all the credit, but I have to give shine some light on our chief creative officer. He used to work in the fashion industry, I know, <laughs> and he has an eye that I don't have. Um, I do the formulation. Everything in the in the product is my formulation, but when it comes to the physical packaging, it is all him. Um, it's a good marriage, I would say, between both of us. Uh, he yes. does really well what he does. <laughs> I do really well what I do. But when it comes to the when we sit down and we make up how we want to, you know, envision a product, we have three personas that we try to satisfy. We call them Monet, Cynthia, and Enoma. These three beautiful Black women are of different demographics and different age groups, but that have, at the core, they're similar to a certain degree. So we think about three of them when we're pro- producing something or, or creating something, are these three people going to be satisfied? Even though they're different, but they have similar interests, will they be satisfied? And that's how we start producing. We produce with a specific demographic in mind, which is the Black woman. Um, even down to the amber jars and the gold tops. It's a reflection of our skin tone and how it glows. You know, when you go out in the sun, your shoulder will glimmer by a little light hitting it. And we think about that. The golden spoon, for instance, we started that because naturally, I actually always have long nails. My nails are a, a quite, it's quite a show. Um, and no <laughs> one wants to take, and a lot of Black women have, you know, nail care is a thing for us right now. Um, it's always been a thing for us, you know, from Flojo and et cetera. You see, you see us with our nails, even Meg the Stallion. We, we, we illuminate art with the nail, with the nails, but no one, we don't want to dip our nails into the buddy butter and then have to, you know? So when you think about that, of course we want a golden spoon. That's what we deserve. Um, so that you you know, I love you that. It out. You <laughs> made by us for us. That's when you start making things for your community. Those are things you think about. Um, the free matchbox. Of course, you should get a free matchbox when you buy a two hundred dollar candle. <laughs> it's a, you know, luxury <laughs> is servitude at Skimmuse. We're like, how can we serve you when you've invested in us by buying from us? Uh, growing up, uh, shout out to my mom again. She, I remember her counter having all these beautiful fragrances and beauty products just laid out. She had she had like a store when it came to her beauty products and they were always so beautifully laid out. You would go into her closet and that's the first thing you would see. And I thought about how beautiful that was that I got to experience that, all these beautiful bottles of vintage sizes and colors. And as a child, you know, I saw myself in that. So when we're creating things, I want you to be able to put that on your counter and see yourself in it. I want little girls like me to walk in and say, oh my gosh, this is made for us, by us. I want them to think like, wow, this is what I should be using. You know, I want you to understand that this standard that we're setting, even the way we communicate with you, it's not just because we think it's like, it's nice for you to have. It's because we know that this is what you deserve. And um, we continue to meet that bar every time. Wow. I, I just, it makes me so happy. And it's also practical 
because as you're dipping your fingers in and then you're trying to carve it out and that's what I love like and you talk about the the experience in terms of luxury products and the expectations yes I'm buying a candle you get a matchbox and it's going to be beautiful and I love this notion of having products on your counter I think so many times it's like you're putting, you're trying to put things away, but you want to express the beauty in them because it makes you happy to see them. And it just gives you joy whenever you can see the products that are serving you, serving your needs for skin, and then just look beautiful. And, it, and it's those extra touches. Like when you talk about luxury, it is those touches that make you feel just special and beautiful. Yes. yes. I always tell people luxury is servitude. You have to think about it in that manner. Um, You're in the business of hospitality. That's what we're doing. And you have to ensure that your your clients and your consumers feel that way um, across the board, from inception to execution, from when they order to when they receive, and even the way we, we talk to them as well. Yes. Well, and I love this notion of luxury of servitude. And I want to talk about mentors because you've mentioned it. We talked about help, but there's also this notion of mentors. So you're in Lancome for black women, <laughs> the entire department store, and you have a connection with one. You end up getting this great big opportunity to continue the travel that you've done your whole life. Let's be real. So you're like, of course I'm doing this. And you're with Dior. I mean, one of the most luxury brands in the world. And then you have another experience with a mentor. So talk about mentorship in terms of servitude and in terms how mentors have helped you progress and just the importance of mentorship and being of service. Kendra, that's an amazing question. Honestly, I I really love that question. I'm so glad you asked that um, I think when people think about mentorship, I get a lot of, um, I perceive a lot of fear, almost like, whoa, you know, how do I get a mentor? It's, it's all, there's this build up towards it. Like it has to be this, um, almost like a job application, almost. My relationship with mentorship has always been find the person in the room that you see the most growth in, in your life as well, almost like an alignment. Does this person, I, funny enough, the, the woman at Longcomb that gave my first opportunity, her name was Kendra. Oh, wow. I saw myself in Kendra. Um, Kendra was hardworking. Kendra was a go-getter. Kendra advocated for the Black women. Um, Kendra gave opportunity to the Black women. And Kendra was loved by all the customers that came into the department store. So naturally, I gravitated towards Kendra because I wanted to learn how to, you know, have this skill set that Kendra had. She was a beautiful older woman. Um, also with mentorship, a lot of people think they only have to be older. You can find mentors, you know, that are younger than you to a certain degree. I think my little sister who did Divine Body Oil is actually inspired by, her name is Divine. I consider her a mentor to a certain degree. There are things that she teaches me. She's Gen Z that she'll, I'll be, have an issue and she'll pull up an app. And immediately <laughs> she's fixed the issue in five minutes. Um, I think of her to a certain degree. She brings a certain type of mentorship that I can't get with the older demographic. But I look at it ultimately as cultivate some type of friendship first before they become your mentor. Because when you see yourself aligned with their beliefs and their morals and how they navigate life, it's you gravitate towards them. They can see themselves as well in you. It's a two-way street. Um, All my mentors know that 
I usually always ask them, how can I help you? I don't leave the meeting just taking. I, I At the end, I take what I need, but I also offer back. It can be something, because again, I am never too small to be resourceful is how I look at myself. It can be something as small as, hey, are you guys needing some gifting this season? Let's see what we can do for you as a brand. Or something as small as, I built the Skimmies website. Shout out to Google University. Something as small as, do you have somebody <laughs> who needs help with their website? I can come in and do a little bit of tweaking for them. Or, hey, are you needing something graphic-wise? I can talk to our graphic team and see if they need to whip up something for you. Or just as small as, do you need a prayer today? What do you need to make sh- ensure that you are fed to keep give it, feeding me is how I look at it. So it's a two-way street. If you take, make sure you give back. That's how the world is. I take, I give back. I take, I give back. So I approach mentorship like that. Um, I always say you have to have three mentors, one for business, one for your personal, and one that is younger than you. Those are the three categories I have. Have one for business, one for your personal life. It could be a spiritual mentor. It could be a yoga instructor. It could be a life coach. And then you have to have someone who is younger because as the world is changing, the younger generation is experiencing it first. They are um, having their first interactions with it. And especially as a business owner, you have to, you know, be in tune with what's going on. So it, it keeps me balanced that way. Yes. Wow. I, I I know I keep saying, wow, I love this, but I really do. And this notion of, you know, being able to take and give back because we have the people in our lives who are takers and it just drains you. And those are the people that we don't want to be around, but it has to be a reciprocal relationship across the board. I'm going to give, you're going to give, I'm going to take, you're going to take. And I love this notion of business, personal, and younger than you. And we sometimes get so caught up in this notion of wiser is, or older is wiser. And I think that for certain things, definitely, but as we're learning with the changing of society, technology, the speed of which things are happening. I mean, my six-year-old is like, do, 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 and the iPad and the this and the that, and mommy, don't do that. She knows all the passwords and is taking pictures. And like, we have to be open to receiving and learning and knowing that there's space for all types of mentorship. And I think it, you say it so eloquently, it, it goes back into mental care, self-care, and really taking care of the personal alongside of the business. So those are definitely gems that we all need to think about and we all need to be mindful of as we're out helping each other and giving and taking. And on our, as we wrap up, which I'm, I'm sad. So I'm like stumbling over my words because I don't want to wrap up. Um, but I'd love for you to just share some of the products you talk about um, with your skin zine and how you look at community and other black owned brands. So we always like to celebrate. My mission is that there is room for all of us. When one succeed, we should all succeed and we should champion and cheer. So we definitely are championing for skin use for you. And then if there's other products that we should be checking out, highlighting, we like to say one or two, but I know you have a lot, um, but share with us so we can um, support. Honestly, right off the bat, I will say glow RX skin is what I, I say I use skin muse for my body. I use Glorax on my face. It is owned by this beautiful black woman. Um, she imports her moringa oil from Rwanda. She has a co-op in Rwanda that she works with as well. And her entire line is just, oh, 
It is so efficient. Um, it's really hard to find a skincare line that does what they say they're going to do at a beautiful price point too. Uh, she's a clinician, so uh, she knows what she's talking about. And in her other job, her part-time job, she's a pediatrician. So she has that loving nature. <laughs> so her name is Dr. Lorraine. That. Dr. Lorraine has an, a, be- a beautiful line of products, of uh, moisturizers, toners, vitamin, her vitamin C serum is, oh my gosh, I have the entire line and that's what I use on my face. It's, it's beautiful. It, it keeps my skin glowing, literally. Uh, second one I would say is recently launched Amicole um, by Daya. Uh, she is also a beautiful black woman. Uh, I love her lip oil. Her lip oil is something that I've never experienced in my life. It glides onto my lips like butter. The color, it doesn't have like this like horrible sheen. It's more like a shine, almost like you're like a glow. Your lips are glowing. It glides on like butter. It pairs perfectly with all my lipsticks. You just need like a brown liner and put that over and you're good to go. If you're like me, I, I, I love a good lipstick, but I can't be bothered by that sometimes. So her lip oil comes. <laughs> and then she also has this um, almost, it's, it's called a skin tint that you can find without mm-hmm. having to try it. She does a good job of showing on her website how to match with different skin tones. And I think um, that's something that I, I appreciate. She'll show different types of skin tones with different types of, of the skin uh, tints and it helps you match. Uh, I love her skin tint when I need something quick. You know, we're on Zoom lately. Sometimes you have a meeting and you want to have makeup on. I just take that, slap it on, and I'm good to go. So I was. those are my two. I, I have so many, but I'll stop there. <laughs> those are my two. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. And, um, and Jada was on, Amikole was on um, our podcast. She was one of our first yes. podcast guests. She's yes. amazing. She's introduced us to some really great people. And I have to try Dr. Lorraine. I keep seeing and hearing. And so, um, so that, I love this, like selfishly, <laughs> this is for me. I can get all the products, um, but it's great. So that our audience and our listeners, like we're always just trying to pay it forward. So I just, I appreciate you. This has been fun. I cannot wait for the next five years for the next luxury conglomerate of products. I love your zine and and your give backs for kids. So just appreciate you being here, sharing space with me. Thank Thank you. you. So I had so much fun. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you guys, especially for all the research that you you do. Um, I think that all the information you had, I I don't even think I would have done a good enough job telling you all this this stuff. Thank you for doing the homework. Thank you for doing it in the community. I'm very much excited for Brain Trust um, and all that work. We're going to foster from that. So shout out to the entire team. And every week we share an influencer that we're checking out. And thank you so much. Um, everyone, make sure that you follow at GlowRxSkin. That's Dr. Lorraine at GlowRxSkin. And as always, I want to leave you with one thing from today's guest. And that is, what is feeding your soul? How can you take the small moments to make sure that you're feeding your soul, that you're giving to others, and that you're finding those moments of self-care? And with that, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and your ratings and reviews mean so much. Make sure you subscribe. Until next week. 
Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, associate producer Ariel Mancibo, executive producer Kendra Bracken Ferguson, edited by Fish Mar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast, and on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a Mean Old Line Media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by thirty percent in twenty twenty three. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S. based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.